I am so happy for several reasons today, many reasons actually. One, um, you guys are here. You have braved the storm. You have made it. I'm happy for this as well. We have a lot of kids in here today. I just felt that, man, I came in yesterday and kind of looked over some things. And there was a ton of limbs that had fallen from the trees over here by the kids' building and picked a lot of those up. Came in yesterday or this morning and a lot more had fallen. I'm just not going to take a chance with our precious babies and, and little kids and, and volunteers going in there. So, But this is cool. Our whole church family, well, representations of our whole church family is in here today. I saw something on social media this week that was a little disturbing, um, and I've been a part of both sides of these churches, okay? But someone had taken a picture, and they had gotten a card at a church that they had visited. And, I, and again, I understand why they got this card, so I'm not knocking it. Churches do things different ways. But on there, it said, we are so happy that you are here today. If you wouldn't mind, please take you and your child to the lobby so that the people around you can enjoy the service. Now, I understand that school of thought. Kids at times can be distracting, right? I mean, we just, that's just, that's kids. So there's a lot of back and forth. You know how social media is, even among Christians, there's a lot of back and forth on that. And somebody posted this sign. They said, Welcome to our church, we'll just say Abundant Life. Welcome to Abundant Life Church. We are so glad that you're here today, and we love your children. And we're glad that they're in the service here with us today because we are a great big family. You will notice you will hear cooing during the service. You will hear yelling during the service from the parents. No, from the, from the kids. You will hear all these things. But we are a family, and we welcome our children to be with us. So today, that's my mindset. We have our kids in here with us today, and they're going to be making noises and all that kind of stuff. That is so cool. I love that. We, uh, we went through that, right? Um, with <laughs> Ella Kate is really progressing really well, but yeah, she, no, she's fine. Um, we're, we're praying through this. You know, they, Mike and uh, Mel want her to be able to go to the kids' ministry, but hasn't been able to lately since the heart transplant. Um, different things like that, you know, with the immune system and all of that. But we're getting closer to where she can enjoy that. But Miss um, Joe's not here today, but Miss Joe said, every time I hear that little voice, it reminds me that there is life there. So anytime you hear a kid today, we're going to say, there's life. We're excited. So, and this is not going to be very long today. Um, everybody's like, yeah, right. We know your preaching style. <laughs> Um, but this is not going to be very long today because I do recognize we have small children in here. But I just wanted to bring us together. A lot of churches have canceled. I was on the fence, to be honest with you. But I thought, you know what? We're just going to have a Wednesday night Bible study on a Sunday morning. So I brought my little podium down here today. And we're going to have some dialogue, if that's okay. A lot of, folk, a lot of you showed up. Thank you again so much for being here. So uh, this won't take very long at all. But I wanted to encourage us today. Reason being, like Dean said, he was supposed to speak today. And um, I wanted to give him full time. I wanted him to be able to speak to both services about Niger because Abundant Life invested a lot into Dean, into this ministry. We all need to hear about what happened. So next Sunday, Dean is going to bring what God did in Niger. I, I think it's that important that I wanted both services to be able to hear that. So um, we've postponed that. Now, originally, Matt was going to be speaking next Sunday. So let me tell you what we've done. The reason for that is, first of all, Matt speaks once a quarter at least. That's just part of uh, the, the setup that we have here with Matt and Jen, Matt being pastor here at the church. He speaks at least once a quarter. We try not to overload him because of work and all of that. But um, I have been invited to go speak at my pastor's 25th year, 25th 
church anniversary. Now, let me tell you why this is a big deal. First of all, that he would ask me to come back and speak for their 25th anniversary uh, being at the church. But I was there on their first Sunday. I had just graduated high school. And I waited a year before I went to Bible college, and so I was right beside of Pastor Dale Jenkins. He sent me, I hadn't met Stasha yet, um, that, that whole year, and he was investing into me and sent me, well, sent me, I hadn't met Stasha yet, sent me off to Bible college, and uh, then when we came, when I did get married and came out of Bible college, let me reverse that order, we graduated, then we got married because we weren't doing the life bridal college thing. We wanted to come out single, so we did. Um, anyway, we got married, came back to New Hope where Pastor Dell was on staff, and again, just linked arms with him. He's been my mentor forever. Then he became pastor, so he was our pastors, and then he is the one who launched us out uh, into another ministry. We came back while we were doing the racing ministry to New Hope, and then he launched us out again to come here. So um, he, has a spe- he and Carrie have a special place in our heart, and we apparently have a pretty special place in their heart too. So um, it's a huge honor for us to be asked to go back and speak. All that to say, Dean is going to speak about Niger next Sunday. Matt is going to move to the fifth Sunday uh, because we talk about our youth and kids anyway. So I thought it was just a natural transition for that to happen. So that's what's happening the next two weeks after this Sunday. Thank both of you guys. This is why I love Abundant Life as well. Yes, I'm the pastor. Yes, I get paid to do a lot of things and preaching is one of those things. But the job of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of their ministry. Missionary, pastor. We're equipping the saints, and so we're allowing for that. So thank you for your grace and all of that. Well, today, what we're going to do, just real briefly, I want to talk to you about this. Jesus can be trusted. This is not our series. This is something totally different because I wasn't supposed to be speaking today, right? Something totally different. But I felt the Holy Spirit drop drop this into my heart today. Jesus can be trusted. I want to ask you this question. Now, don't forget, we're going into a Wednesday night mind frame here, okay? Mindset. So I need your feedback here. Who are some people that you can trust? Husband, parents, teachers, wife. (laughs) Pastor, here, hair. Thanks, Natalie. (laughs) I know. I love kids, man. By the way, if you're wanting to teach children and get to experience this kind of stuff, please see my wife and Jen and um, Rachel with the little babies. You'll get to do stuff like this, and it's so cool, right? So, yes. Recruiting for kids ministry. Who else can you trust? Employers. Employers? Or they got your paycheck, right? <laughs> yeah. Doctors? Friends? I thought of EMTs, police officers, you know. Now, granted, they're, they're in all of those groups. Pastors, EMTs, policemen, teachers, uh, friends. We, we know that there's people that we, we can't trust within those groups, right? It, they, it's been proven. But overall, generally, those are some folks that we can trust. Now, let me ask you this. What makes those people trustworthy? Their character. character. Good. You get a star, a gold star. Faithfulness. Faithfulness, Gold star. What makes makes them trustworthy? Commitment, proven themselves. Let's go together. 
They put you at ease. Man, that goes a long way, doesn't it? Somebody who can put you at ease. Yeah, those are, man, you guys are, you guys are awesome today. I mean, since the kids aren't going to have school tomorrow, it's kind of like you have school right now. But you know what I have found as well? It's often, right? You guys don't have school tomorrow, right? Oh, it's not canceled yet? CMS is, okay. Don't trust your pastor. Don't trust your pastor. All the kids are like, yes, no school tomorrow. Pastor said. Pastor said. No, they're not coming to my house either. Often what I have found is what makes some of these folks trustworthy as well is who or what backs them up. Let me explain this just for a moment. If I were to go on a Monday morning, normal Monday morning, okay, a normal Monday morning, out onto 77 and walk out in the middle of the interstate and do this to try to get traffic to stop, what would happen? I'd be... Unfortunate circumstances have happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what if I were to go out there like this? Let's say this was my job. What if I were to go out there in a police car, have on my badge and a hat, and do the same thing, and my vest and all that? What would happen? People would stop, right? Because the lights are flashing most, most of the times, right? Yeah, there might be a couple of people who wouldn't. But I said, often it's what or who backs them up. Now, what changed in that scenario? I'm the same person. One, I go out there dressed like this. The other way, I go out dressed like a police officer, if I was an actual police officer. What's the difference? It's the authority behind the person, not me. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the uniform, the person that's behind that. I'm the same person, but I've got the badge. I've got the government. I've got the police car. I've got the side piece that's backing me up at that moment. Turn with me, if you will, for, to Mark 4.35. Oh, some of you carry side pieces in. You're not a police officer. Right? <laughs> uh, it's legal, right? I do. You don't have to have a badge to carry, do you? We're not going to carry that. talk this into a... Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I'm up here just mumbling. It's Wednesday night after all. <laughs> Mark 4.35, again, we're talking about Jesus can be trusted. And of course, with the storm going on, I thought this was pretty appropriate. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind altogether, or although the other boats followed him. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? Um... Let's keep going here through verse 41. Uh, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they ask each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now that's a powerful story, isn't it? I mean, just if you can picture that in your mind, how this was going on. I want to bring up just a few quick points from this particular um, 
scripture today. Keep your finger there. We're going to turn to James chapter 1 in just a moment, but we're going to come back to Mark here, okay? So keep your finger there. Turn to James. And I want to talk to you about a few things from verse 35 through verse 37, where it says, as Jesus as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side. So that's what they're doing. So they got in the boat and they left everybody behind. Here's the first point. The believer will face storms of life. Just like these disciples in Jesus who got into the boat. They were about to face a pretty big storm. They didn't know it when they got into the boat. But they got into the boat, they started the cross, and they faced this big storm uh, that was happening. So the believer will face storms of life. I had you turn to James chapter 1. Uh, this is going to parallel what we're talking about today. That's why I want you, have, I want you to have these two um, places marked in your Bible. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many of you have not liked that verse most of your life? <laughs> right? I don't like it. Most of my life, I have not liked that verse. Whenever all these obstacles come your way, any trouble comes your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Now, this meant a lot this week. Now, you remember last week, I said that we're headed to the Outer Banks. I called down there and I said, hey, can we delay our vacation? And they said, nope, there's not an evacuation, so we're going to charge you if you come. So we said, we're going to go. Well, Monday, <laughs> they ordered an evacuation. We weren't happy. <laughs> we had driven six and a half hours because we, we were pulling a camper, so it took us a little bit longer. So we drove all the way down there, and we thought, man, we haven't even been here for 24 hours, and they're ordering this evacuation. I knew it was going to happen. If I'd have been smart, I'd have just taken the $50 charge instead of paying for all the fuel, but I'm stubborn because I didn't want to just give them $50 at the same time. We enjoyed our time on the beach, right? <laughs> we enjoyed our time. But let me tell you about this particular scripture and how we applied that to our life in this moment. Because we found out something about ourselves this week. And it was a good thing. Although we had to come back from vacation early, we only got 24 hours at the beach, we were disappointed. But our thoughts immediately came to this. Although we're missing all of our vacation except for 24 hours, we're going to lose that. But people here are going to lose homes. They're going to lose life, 14 people so far. They're going to lose possessions. They're going to lose animals. They're going to lose all kinds of things. Income, right? And, of course, there's a risk associated with living at the beach. People get that. But we put it in perspective at that moment. We learned something about ourselves. I don't think we had that mindset years ago. Years ago, it would have been like, man, we just spent all that money in fuel, and we lost our vacation, it's all that, you know, we did all these things, all this planning. It's our first vacation this year. Da 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 da. Yeah. Right. You can whine or you can allow the circumstances of life to do what we're about to talk about. When troubles of any kind, this is a small thing on the scale, isn't it? But what we're about to see with this is small experiences of overcoming difficulties lead to enabling you to overcome big circumstances, okay? So the little things along the way, don't despise those things. We didn't have that mindset years ago. While we weren't happy about leaving early, we did not lose our joy. Amen. We didn't. Vacation is a state of mind, right? I'm on vacation right now. I'm having a ball. But you're working, yep, but I'm having a ball. I'm with my church family. 
Okay, so I'm not at the beach. I'm lying. You can't trust your pastor there. (laughs) Just kidding. This week, as we've discussed earlier, we've had many in our church family facing horrible news. Bad news does make us sad. Supposed to. God gave us emotions. It makes us sad. I mean, I... Like I said, I came in here yesterday to practice because I wanted to be strong. It makes us sad. It's okay to be sad. God gave us these emotions. But we know that God is with us through it all. How do I know that? Because I've seen Him time and time again. I've been through storms of life. You've been through storms of life. We will face storms of life. I don't want to preach a gospel that says because you're a Christian now everything's going to be okay. Well, it's going to be okay, but, it does, but you're going to face storms of life. But these storms of life have a good, can have a good outcome on your life, which we're going to get into. And here's why. The second point. Storms of life develop endurance for the believer. Verse 38 and 39, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up. Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? Verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Silence be still. Suddenly it stopped and there was a great calm. James 1, chapter 3. Don't forget, we're we're paralleling these scriptures here. James 1, chapter 3, verse 3 says this. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Why was Jesus able to sleep in the midst of the storm? Because he knew his father had his back. God had a mission and a purpose for Jesus, and it was going to be fulfilled. So that when the storm of life came, Jesus knew that he was going to make it through it. God has a purpose for your life. And it will be fulfilled. So when the storms of life come that cause us to doubt, that cause us to be fearful, we can rest in the confidence that God has a purpose for us. And because of that, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So those testing moments that we face in life from storms, that's just giving us an opportunity to grow in endurance. I can make it through this storm because God saw me through before. And if he saw me through that little test, he's going to see me through the next test. Some of you may feel like your tests have gotten absolutely huge. But God has given us his Holy Spirit so that you may remain strong and so that you may be rooted and grounded in him and rooted and grounded in love. Jesus was able to sleep in the midst of the storm because he knew who was backing him. It was his father. Your heavenly father backs you up when you're doing his purpose, right? When we want to be doing his purpose. But even at the moments when we're not doing his purpose, he has his Holy Spirit there saying, hey, you got off track. Let's get back on track. Or he may send you a Christian brother or sister to say, hey, let's get back on track. Why is that? Because your heavenly Father backs you up. He wants you to fulfill the purpose for your life that He's placed in you more than you do. God wants me to succeed more than I want me to succeed. And I want to succeed. But God has your back. Number three, the storms of life complete you. No matter what, what was that movie? You complete me. What was that movie? You know the one I'm talking about? 
Jerry Maguire? Yeah, that was a long time ago, right? You complete me, I look into my wife's eyes. You complete me. Well, yeah, but really it's God who completes me. I am a complete person. Stasha is a complete person. We come together as complete people, right? The storms of life help to, maybe I should phrase it that way, the storms of life help to complete us. Let's look at verse 40 and 41 in Mark that we just read. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They ask each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus understood his place and Jesus understood his relationship with the Father. That is what completed him. The storms that he was going through was building his faith in those moments. Matthew, uh, have, uh, let me just read this to you. If you're taking notes, write it down. Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus' authority came from his Father. So when he went up on the deck and he spoke to the wind and the waves, he wasn't speaking on his own authority. Jesus said that. He says, it's not my authority. I'm I'm coming because of my Father. He was speaking because of the authority that came from his Father. When the storms came, Jesus endured it in a state of rest. Anybody else ever get panicked when a storm of life comes? right? Get panicked. I've learned this over my short life, that the panic has become less and less and less and less. Is that because I'm such an amazing person? Absolutely not. It's because God has proven himself time and time again. And here comes another situation that we're facing again. And man, why does this keep happening? Father, I'm going to rest in your presence. Do your work in me. Strengthen me, cause me to endure. Your Holy Spirit is with me. Jesus endured the storm in a state of rest. When everyone was in a state of panic around him, he maintained the peace of God. Write down Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Love this verse. You've heard me quote this a bunch of times. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. You see the mindset that's there? Easier said than done. Sometimes I get it. Don't worry about anything, right? Instead, pray about everything. I've tried that. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. You know, the more you do that, the easier it gets. It does. The more you do, this is a growth process. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're going to talk about that at the end. Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. Why am I experiencing this peace right now? I don't even understand it. Well, because it's God giving you that peace in those moments. That storm of life that has come, God has given you peace. His peace will guard your heart and your mind. I want you to do, do this with me real quick. God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. What are the two things that betray you? It's your heart and your thoughts. God's peace will guard your heart and your mind as you are in Christ Jesus. What I love about this verse, many of you have heard this, some of you have not. We were teaching Nathan when he was four years old. He memorized this whole verse. Blew me away. At four years old, he memorized this whole verse, except with a little twist. We learned at New King James Version 
where it says everything, you know, present your request, known, make your request known to God uh, with prayer and supplication, except Nathan would say with prayer and suffocation. Yeah. <laughs> We feel like that sometimes, don't we? Like this situation, man, we're suffocating under the weight of this thing. I love to remember that verse like that because it reminds me, sometimes I feel like I'm suffocating underneath this load. But as I pray and supplicate, God gives me his peace to guard my heart and my mind. I have so many questions I cannot answer. I can't answer the question about Nathan, Huber, who passed away. I can't, I can't answer those questions. I can't answer some of your questions, but I do know this, that God knows, He understands, and He guards our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. The storms of life will complete you. Again, our joy, it's, we're not talking happiness here, we're talking joy. I don't like this situation I'm going through, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. You are on your way to becoming a complete person when you can endure these storms of life. I don't want to pray for patience because if I pray for patience, God's going to give me all these circumstances and situations. No, you pray for pers- for uh, what's the word? You pray for patience. Why is that? When you pray for patience, you receive perfection, perfection and being complete in the Lord. So I want to pray for patience. Do I understand that trials are going to come? Absolutely. But do I also understand that I'm going to grow in my knowledge and love for the Lord? Yes. Don't ever don't pray for patience. I'm not sure if that sentence was grammatically structured right. Pray for patience because you will become perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Here's the thing. That verse there... um, where it says, as you live in Christ Jesus, there at the very end, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That phrase, as you live in Christ Jesus, is your badge of authority. Remember what I said about going out here without a badge and a uniform, people are going to run me over? This badge of authority as I live in Christ Jesus. What did Jesus do? He spoke to the wind and the waves. Now, there was a time they had to go through the storm. But then there was a moment where Jesus came up and said, that's enough. My purpose has been completed in my son, my daughter. You see what Jesus did? He loves us so much. Storms of life complete you. That's all right. Get a dance break going on. People are checking on us to see if we're surviving the hurricane. I'm cool with that. Um, So we're paralleling here. I told you they're checking in on us to make sure we're safe. We're through the storm. We're good. We're paralleling here Mark and and James. So here's the verse from James. Verse 4, it says, So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed... You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Dean just helped us with that right there. Jesus gave the believer authority. Do you know you have have authority in the kingdom of God? Just as Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves, he had to go through it a little bit. He remained at peace, right? But Jesus gave the believer authority. Matthew 16, 
says, Now I say to you that you are... By the way, let me just have you write this down. Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19. Bless you, sweetie. Man, I love having babies in here. So cute. Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. Jesus gave authority to the believer. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted uh, in heaven. Jesus gave us authority according to his word. We may have to endure the storm. Was that something may last for the weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning? What if you're on the edge of sunrise? You're going through this difficulty. I mean, we went, we we did get to sit on sit on the beach Monday morning, and it was cloudy out in the coast, and so we, we knew we possibly would have to to leave early. So. Tolstasha said, I'm going to go out and watch the sunrise. There's just something about that, right? When you go out to the beach and you're just like, oh, man, the waves are rolling in. You've got your coffee. You're reading your Bible and the sun's coming up and all. That's, that's us. We love to do that. Anyway, there were clouds out there. And so up here was blue skies, but about right here down was, was clouds. And we were thinking, man, we're not going to get to see a good sunrise and all of those type of things. But eventually, even though it was getting lighter and lighter and lighter, we couldn't see the sunrise But there was this moment where the clouds broke in this one particular area and the sun came through. We had to put on our sunglasses. It was awesome. What if you are on the edge of the clouds breaking? Don't give up. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. What develops our faith? This is the final thing. What develops our faith? Let's go back to verse 40 in Mark 4. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is what the storms produced. Why do you have no faith? I want to give us hope here this morning. Because when I hear that, I think, you know, that I've been there before and I've just disappointed God. Here's what the actual Greek means. Little faith means a faith that lacks confident or trusts too little. So why do you have such little faith means a faith that lacks confidence or trusts too little. Jesus used this word in various situations as a tender rebuke or a corrective parenting type of thing. In other words, he wasn't condemning the people. He's just saying gently, why is it that you're not trusting me yet at this point? Trust here, why do you have such little faith, doesn't mean outright unbelief or distrust. So it's not that we out, I believe God, but I'm not just, I just, I don't know. I don't have the answers to this. So it's not an outright unbelief or a distrust. It just means that we have room to grow. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you find that storms continually knock you down and you're like, why can't I keep, why, why can't I overcome these storms in life? Why can't I trust God? Here's what I want you to understand. Little by little, your faith is growing. Because God is using those circumstances to develop you to where you become perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We all have room to grow. I was so proud of me and Stasha's response, (laughs) pat myself on the back, this week. But you know what? We still have so much room to grow. You have so much room to grow. Keep growing in the Lord. And when you find yourselves failing, something else I learned from my pastor Dale You never fail a test that God gives you. 
you get to retake it. Man, I don't know about you, but I've, <laughs> come on, Clint, right? Being in school and you're like, man, I just, you don't fail the test. You just have, the teacher says, you didn't fail this, Dean. You're just going to retake it, Brad, Blue. You just get, you get a chance to retake it, Kevin. You don't fail it. You have another chance to take it over. And sometimes we think, not again. No, God is wanting to develop you and grow and to grow you. He's not wanting to fail you. He will never leave us nor fail us, forsake us, right? The whole idea of failing. It's just another opportunity to take it over again. And I bet you'll do better the second time and the third time around than you did the first time around. If not, then we can talk. We can count you through that. Yep, you're just going to go through it again, right? Lord, we need your grace. We will face storms of life. But we're not alone as long, alone as, long as we hold on to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Can we stand this morning? Thank you for being here, for enduring the storm. Let me move this out of the way. You have endured the storm. You all get gold stickers today for doing that. But I know that we've been through some stuff. I know that you've been through some stuff. And I'm not talking about just everything that's going on recently this week at the church. Um, just the, it seemed like bad news after bad news, didn't it? But man, we have a God who loves us. Parents, grandparents, whenever your kids or grandkids, you know, when they go through a difficult time, what do you do? You go there and you put your arms around them and you help them through it. We have a father who does the same thing. Yeah, you're going to go through something right now because you're learning and you're growing and you're developing and you will make mistakes. But I love the picture of God, of Father God, who picks us up, who brushes our knees off, pats us on the rear end and sends us on the way. That's God. That is the love of God. Amen? the love of God. I want to give you an opportunity today. Dean and Rachel are going to be up here to pray us out of here. But if you've never received the love of God today through the person of Jesus Christ, I want you to receive Jesus today into your life. If you need prayer through a particular situation in life and you need the body of Christ to agree with you, come down and let them pray for you too, right? Let's do that. So Dean and Rachel, if you want to come on up and pray for us here in just a moment. I love you. If you need anything this week, please don't hesitate to call us. Stay safe and um, keep enduring. Amen? Amen. Stash and I will see you here at the back. We love you.